This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bioptimizers. Try their enzyme and probiotic combo packs risk-free today at www.bioptimizers.com slash nomeat. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash nomeat and use code nomeat to get 10% off your package. Today's episode is also brought to you by Ritual Zero Proof Spirit Alternatives. Crafted of all natural botanicals, Ritual's whiskey, gin, and tequila alternatives deliver the flavor, aroma, and burn of liquor without the alcohol. Go to RitualZeroProof.com and use promo code NOMEATATHLETE for 20% off your first purchase. Ritual Zero Proof, enjoy the ritual without the alcohol. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to NOMEATATHLETE Radio. Ooh, what a what a few days, Matt. No kidding. I was just thinking to myself, it would have been appropriate to pour ourselves some of that ritual whiskey to sip <laughs> on during this conversation. It feels like one of those weeks, but yeah, maybe need the harder stuff to get through this one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to be clear, I'm talking to Matt Tolman here, the CEO of Compliment and No Meat Athlete and No Meat Brands, um, and not Matt Fraser, but yeah, we are like everyone else dealing with um a really hard moment in in u.s history and uh and a lot of kind of unknown answers and questions and and uh difficult feelings around uh how we can support the black community and how we can um progress as a as a country yeah we thought long and hard about how to use this this space uh this podcast and and what was most appropriate um and so I think it's a good time to share, um, you know, Matt, Frazier, Doug, and I had a couple hours of conversation this morning, and, and we're really excited to make some changes going forward, because as we were reflecting uh, about the world we're creating every day, about our team, about the voices that we're bringing into the world through our platform with No Meat Athlete, uh, we decided that we could really benefit from the diversity of perspective that you get when you have diverse people on your team. So by the time you're listening to this, you might have already read in your email uh, that we're going to be making some changes and inviting some minority voices to, to join our team and to contribute. Um, of course, our mission stays the same. We are going to continue to inspire and educate on the plant-based athlete and, and nutrition and the lifestyle and everything else that, that we love. That's our life's work. That's our mission. Um, but like I say, we could really benefit from listening and learning and amplifying a diverse set of resources. I can say for myself, you know, um, being a religious minority and, and being married to a Mexican, you know, I, I'm always benefiting from you know, her perspective, my wife's, you know, because she grew up in a very different world than I did. So we, we really want to benefit from that. And, uh, and again, do our part to create, uh, you know, a team, um, a community that reflects this beautifully diverse world in which we live. So with that, um, we'd love your feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys think we could do better. Uh, to help solve this problem and, and any others for that matter. But particularly, we're thinking about our black brothers and sisters uh, this week and, and would love to be able to use 
our platform to help them. We also thought long and hard about whether or not we just needed to not publish a podcast, you know, leave mm -hmm. this space for those other invoice, voices, for other probably more important messages than, than the ones we're going to be sharing today, admittedly. Um, but we decided that we want to continue with our regularly scheduled programming, um, not because it's equally uh, important. Uh, it's not. We know that, um, you know, uh, not at this moment, at least. Uh, but we still nonetheless, you know, this is our life's work. This is our mission. And we need to continue on spreading the gospel of plant-based nutrition. So we hope uh, those listening will, will support that decision. And, and for those who don't agree, um, you know, you can stop listening here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and like, like you said, we're, you know, we're in a period like hopefully most people, um, especially white people, um, in a, in a period of, of listening and learning and, and trying to figure out how best we can, we can serve the community. Um, and so if you have any recommendations, please don't hesitate to email us at, you can do support at nomadathlete.com. Um, and, uh, and we hope that, you know, as Nomad Athlete grows and as we grow as a country that, um, you know, that, that you will see those, those changes and that growth reflected in, in the content that we produce. But like you said, we are going to kind of carry on with, a with an episode this week. And, um, and what, what we decided to do, or when, you know, one thought we had was to pull from the many questions that we get, uh, from listeners. We thought that that'd be a good way to kind of use our voice in the plant-based athlete community to kind of, uh, you know, help people out and live a healthier life and, and do the best uh, we can with that. Um, so we have a number of questions from that people have submitted either on social media or, or through email. And we'll kind of, kind of work through some of those today. Let's get into it. Maybe if I could start uh, sure. a question that was just asked to me literally 27 minutes ago before we started recording <laughs> uh, um, by one of our team members who um, I think is more new to veganism, only three, four years, and has not yet had that conversation with his dad, um, or for that matter, his mom, I believe, but he's particularly worried about his dad. It's it's a topic near and dear to my heart. My dad had his first heart attack at 48 years old. Um, obviously, he continues, like most uh, Americans who are in their 70s, to suffer from some level of, of heart disease. He's made a transformative uh, attempt to fix his diet, but by no means has he figured out the vegan way, you know, um, yeah. I don't even know, you know, he wouldn't pass as plant-based for some people's definition. So with that in mind, I would love to know, I mean, I'll, I'll offer some ideas. Um, and then our, our teammate hopefully can, uh, uh, maybe come on the show one day and tell us about whether or not this helped him and how he approached it. But, but Doug, have you had that conversation at all? Have you given any thought to it? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, of course I have, right. I mean, Anytime, uh, anytime I go home to eat <laughs> with my family, they, they, you know, there was that period, especially as I was transitioning, there was that kind of period of why. And, and then, uh, then the question of whether I'm going to try to push this one to them as well. And, you know, and, and I've always, uh, taken the approach, whether it's with family members or friends or anyone of, of kind of leading by example and, and showing, 
um, you know, that, that it's not nearly as big of a deal as some people might think or that, um, you know, I can make these simple changes and I'll see some results from, from that and, um, you know, and, and not be too pushy about it. But uh, my dad a couple of years ago had a heart attack and, um, and you know, that was a very scary moment for, for my family. And, um, of course, the first thing I wanted to do was tell him to switch up his diet. And, uh, and we did have that conversation and, and uh, in a much more direct way than I had previously. Um, and so for me, I guess the, the tips, I'm excited to hear what you have to say, cause I know you've had this with your parents as well, but, um, for me, the, the conversation goes a little bit like here are a bunch of resources. You know, I got him a couple books that I thought he would, he would, um, appreciate. So here's some, some resources. Um, here's a little bit about why I think it might be a good idea for you to begin eating more plants or going plant-based or, or whatever. Um, and, uh, and I want you to know that you can talk to me about it anytime, or I can direct you to a bunch of other resources. I think that lots of times parents and, spouses and friends don't necessarily like to hear from the person they're closest with about how to do something or a big change that they need to make in their life. Um, you know, that's, it's hard to kind of take that feedback and, and respond positively. Um, you know, so oftentimes you, you, you learn better, at least what I've found is that people learn better, uh, or are more open to change when it comes, when it's coming from someone else, uh, especially somebody with authority, like a doctor or something like that. So, you know, my, my approach with my dad anyway was to like, you know, just give him a bunch of resources that I believed in uh, and kind of point him, point him in that direction and see where it would take him. And so far it hasn't been plant-based. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> so I don't know if that's a great, a great tip or not, you know, because it, it didn't really work, but, <laughs> but he did cut out a lot of me, you know, it did take some like drastic changes, drastic steps to improve his health. And, uh, and I'm really proud of him for that. Uh, but it's not, uh, not definitely not hundred percent plant-based. Yeah, I, I think your approach is probably better. I li- like with most things in my life, I go with the hammer approach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I honestly, I think, um, uh, you know, it's it, gosh, I think when I first started hammering him with this information, uh, it was so long ago. I mean, f- six, seven years that I don't really remember how I started the conversation, admittedly. Um, I know we watched Forks Over Knives, uh, which I think is a great primer for someone who has uh, heart disease in particular. Um, you know, and, and it's so succinct. It's under two hours and the visuals and the doctors and, and the before and afters, you know, like mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's to me, I think a much more effective approach uh, than handing someone a book, um, you know, because like I say, for me, uh, you know, sitting down and, and committing to hundreds of pages of information, like you don't, you don't need that to get, to get motivated. In my opinion, you, you really just need those, those striking visuals and, and the emotive, you know, sort of storytelling that you can compact into a documentary. So my, my first recommendation would be, you know, pick the best documentary for that person if you're dealing with an environmentalist, right, like maybe Cowspiracy or Earthlings, you know, might be a better option. You know, if, if you're dealing with someone who, you know, is of an older generation, maybe not as environmentally minded, maybe dealing with heart disease, you know, like what the health or forks over knives, you know. So but but I think documentaries would be the place to start. And, and for my own, you know, in my own experience, uh, 
you know, I, I think um, I'm still trying to figure out what, what you know, where, where the lever is and is it a discipline thing or is it a convenience thing? I mean, my, my dad um, lives alone. He doesn't know how to cook, um, you know, so in this pandemic moment, uh, you know, he tells me he's surviving on like peanut butter and jellies and avocado <laughs> toast, um, you know, and, and then, um, you know, obviously we, we try to do our, our part to support him. So that would be my second, my second tip, which is as much as possible, like show him the way, because I swear, you know, uh, it's hard for us vegans to really understand what it's like for the non-vegan. It's like, once you flip that switch, it's hard to relate to where you used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for those non-vegans, it's like, what do you eat? What do you survive on? It's like, they don't, they have no idea how to cook quinoa, you know, <laughs> like, like they just, you know, and so they think that you just eat peanut butter and jellies and avocado toast. And so like, for me, I think one of the, the most fun things that we do is, is try to cook as much as possible for non-vegans, you know, because like my wife's a great cook and, uh, I, I'm even not that bad. Um, and I think when you create like this awesome butternut sage, you know, sausage beyond sausage, you know, pasta thing. And like people are like, holy shit, this is vegan, you know, um, <laughs> you know, it just you see them light up and like the world of possibilities like starts to be unveiled because all of a sudden it's not just PB and J and avocado toast. So, so those are my two recommendations, you know, cook for them. Show them that this can taste awesome, uh, and and watch some documentaries, and then you know those are those are the seeds that you plant, and then let them let them kind of grasp for more, and then you know give them more resources and take them kind of take them by the hand. That's like I say, that's been my approach, and I've I've turned a couple. I'm not gonna say that you know I'm I'm the largest contributor to the vegan movement, but I got a couple friends and family members that that have made the change, so I'm I'm proud of it. <laughs> Good, that's great. One at a time. Right? That's right. All right, so I think we got to power through more questions yeah, a little bit faster. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Wait, Matt and I, Matt Fraser and I always have this problem too. It's like we start out. Uh, being that was really a big motivated. question, though. Was it was a, it was a huge question, yeah. sure. Okay, uh, this one comes from Carrie, and it says, I've been vegetarian for a long time and recently have gone vegan. Also just started keeping track of my macros, and I'm finding it hard to hit my protein without going way over on carbs. Any suggestions? I'm going to take a first stab at that. Uh, yes, the first being um, contact Derek Tresize, uh, or maybe you pronounce it tree size. I never know. Um, Derek is a great friend of No Meat Athlete, our resident bodybuilder, um, and an expert in all these things. We also have some great courses on No Meat Athlete um, because I don't have a good answer. Uh, I'm not a macro tracking guy. I know that's like crazy because I'm such a self experimenter. But every time I do it, like I just I get burned out within like three days because mm-hmm. it's just like I'm 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 so manic when it comes to these things that like I really like if you're gonna track it, you know, you gotta like measure every serving and like plug it in and like it it's super time consuming. I mean, I I tracked my macro or my son's macros because he's an 18 month old vegan baby and I wanted to see that he was getting his nutrients. It's like it takes forever. <laughs> so my approach, uh, you know, if I'm trying to, to cut 
weight. Um, you know, I, I set some broad guidelines, uh, which generally includes lots of fasting and just minimizing caloric intake, uh, you know, and to some extent choosing, you know, different foods, you know, maybe not as higher carb uh, as, as needed. Um, again, eating more carbs earlier in the morning, more proteins and fats late at night. That's just my own philosophy. It works pretty well. I can usually change my body composition pretty quick. And when trying to gain muscle, you know, I just try to eat as much as possible. I don't really ever look about fat, carbs, and protein. I know that's heresy for, uh, you know, someone like Derek, maybe even you, um, Doug. But, uh, but again, for me, it's just like you're, you're not going to be able to gain lean muscle. You're going to gain some fat. Your body just doesn't work that way in terms of you know, <laughs> flipping switches and being that precise. So for me, you know, I just try to gain a bunch of weight by eating a ton or lose the weight by controlling my caloric intake and, and it works for me. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Yeah. So, well, so I, I also have never, never been one to track, uh, my macros. Um, but you know, I think some general guidelines are if, uh, chances are you might not need as much protein as you, as you think you need. Um, and I would encourage you to go to nomadathlete.com slash macronutrients to kind of learn more about, uh, macronutrient, uh, calcu- calculations and, you know, where we, what we believe is, um, you know, is, is accurate or, or, uh, appropriate for, for plant-based athletes. And of course, you know, if you are trying to put on a lot of muscle, if you are, um, actively trying to get bigger, uh, then, you know, then then you might need more protein than someone who is just trying to stay healthy long term or something like that. Um, so I'm not going to tell you what your macronutrients are, of course, but uh, you know it might be that you you're not you don't actually need as much protein as you thought. But if you do, if you are trying to really hit certain protein numbers, um, you know there's there's a couple ways that you can do that. Of course, you know things like protein powder are a quick and easy way to do that. But if you want to avoid the protein powders, then um, you know, Derek actually recommends this this shake that he eats every day, which is that includes like a huge can of white beans every you know every day. <laughs> um, there, he just puts that directly in the shake. Apparently, white beans don't have a lot of flavor. I've never tried this, um, but I, I did after after his recommendation. Oh yeah, if you put no, a full can if you put a full can in, it definitely changes the texture. Um, but as with all things in smoothies, right, it depends on what else is in there as far as. Uh, taste goes so you throw a yeah. bunch of blackberries and ginger you're probably pretty good you know if you're like if you just got some uh i don't know bananas or something like yeah you're gonna have a little beanie beanie taste <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well i mean so he, he has like a, a a bean shake every day and then i think uh, he said that for lunch he has like half a block of tofu on a sandwich just you know a bunch of things that are really high protein um, but still health foods and, and low in carbs. So um, there are definitely ways to do it. We have some high-protein recipes uh, on the website. If you just search for nomadeathlete.com slash protein then, um, or just search nomadeathlete protein in Google, then you'll get a bunch of uh, great recommendations and stuff like that. So that's all I got. Okay, great. Hopefully we helped. <laughs> uh, all right, next one from Kevin. Kevin... One of his main issues is B12, and uh, he supplements, quote-unquote, uh, B12 with uh, meat or fish. 
Uh, he prefers that because it seems more natural to him um, and uh, otherwise is totally vegan. Um, you know, Kevin, my recommendation is to take Compliment. Um, <laughs> I was one of the founders of Compliment. And, uh, and uh, you know, look, I, I think we all have to decide what's right for us. Um, and I certainly don't mean to promote Compliment, uh, our sister company. Um, I do believe it's the best source of B12 because it comes with really important other nutrients that are missing from a plant-based diet. Uh, but any supplement you find out there, it's all coming from the same source, which is methylcobalamin or adenosylcobalamin. There are different forms of it in terms of being more natural or synthetic, but at the end of the day, the meat that you're eating is also supplemented. They give those animals, because many of them are only eating soy or corn or other feed, um, they, <laughs> you know, uh, supplement livestock uh, of all sorts with the nutrients that they want to pass along to the end consumer. So, you know, just like fish eat the uh, the algae and they deposit the DHA and EPA in their in their flesh, and then you eat that, like you're, you know, we just cut out the middleman, right? The the animal, um, and go straight to the source of the micronutrient, and then put it into a liquid form or a capsule form. Um, so, again, uh, to each their own. To me, um, you know, I I I don't think the most natural way to live is is by harming other animals, and and would much prefer. Um, even a synthetic form of a micronutrient. But hopefully that advice helps. Check out lovecomplement.com if you're interested. But any B12 works, just make sure to get it somewhere. Yeah, I got nothing else to add to that. Good, because we got to keep rolling or else we're going to get to four <laughs> questions this entire time. <laughs> All right, so I think we should tackle a running one next. Uh, but first, let's take a second to thank this week's sponsors. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bioptimizers. Now, we're about to spit a whole bunch of big words that are very science-y, but uh, bear with us because Bioptimizers creates a great enzyme that, uh, that helps with your digestion and, and keep you healthy. Enzymes are the workhorse of digestion. They break down your food into usable macro and micronutrients. But if you're over 35, your enzyme levels have already begun to decline, which can lead to indigestion, gut issues, mold overgrowth, and an immune system that can be more susceptible to viruses. Enter Bioptimizers and their enzyme and probiotic supplementation. They're one of the best companies that I've found that specializes in optimizing your digestion through supplements. Yeah, and enzymes aren't talked about enough, but they, they truly are amazing little things. And uh, I think Bioptimizers is creating something special. Their supplement, Masszymes, not only contains more protease than any other enzymes on the market, uh, it also contains 13 additional enzymes, including lipase for fat digestion. Uh, and so all of these in combination work at every stage of digestion. So uh, their proteolytic, uh, sorry, I misspoke, uh, their proteolytic probiotic. <laughs> I mean, proteolytic probiotic, come on, that's hard. Even, you know, even those of us <laughs> who like science are going to stumble on that one. Um, yeah. But their proteolytic probiotic P3OM uses a patented natural process to upgrade a well-researched probiotic strain. The result is a new super strain, what they call the Navy Seal of probiotics. 
because it eliminates bad bacteria and protects the good bacteria. So the P3OM patent proves that this strain, the proteolytic, meaning it digests proteins, it's antiviral and it's antiretroviral, so it eliminates the pathogens and waste and is maintainable in the digestive system. Uh, to patent something like that is is really cool. So I give them <laughs> a, a huge amount of credit, uh, even if I can't pronounce most of the words uh, on their website. <laughs> I, I will say that they're doing something really special. Yeah, absolutely. To learn more, go to www.bioptimizers.com slash nomeet. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash no meat and use coupon code no meat to get 10% off your package and try their enzyme and probiotic combo pack risk-free today. They have the best guarantee I've seen anywhere in the industry. It's a 365 day full money back guarantee. Again, that's www.bioptimizers.com slash no meat. Today's episode is also brought to you by Ritual Zero Proof. I've said it before, but I am a huge fan of Ritual's mocktails i don't know if they allow the word mocktails but this is a a drink that i've actually brought into my routine uh it was once upon a time founded on a kitchen countertop in chicago by three friends who share the love of great cocktails but they wanted to drink less and so out of that desire they created ritual zero proofs spirit alternatives uh, crafted with all natural blended botanicals Ritual whiskey, gin, and tequila alternatives deliver the flavor, aroma, and even the burn of classic spirits, but without the alcohol. You'll experience notes of juniper and cucumber in the gin. Uh, My wife particularly likes that, just with a splash of um, uh, soda water because she's uh, nursing a new baby. Um, I particularly like the vanilla and oak in the whiskey. And of course, the tequila brings out blue agave and Mexican lime among a a complex range of flavors so you can simply substitute them one for one in place of liquor in your favorite cocktail like a whiskey sour a margarita or a gin and tonic that's right my pregnant wife has also been loving the gin and tonics the whiskey the ritual gin and tonics uh which of course have no alcohol it's just i don't know it's like really fun to make a cocktail to still have that ritual that experience of of having a special drink uh, but then also not having to worry about the worry about the alcohol. I think it's great. We, we we absolutely love it. You'll find zero calories in the tequila and gin alternatives, and just ten calories in the whiskey. They're alcohol and gluten free, no and low carb, and enjoyed by athletes everywhere as an alternative to liquor for better hydration, endurance, and recovery. Not to mention the immunity boost that comes from drinking less, which of course is very important right now. Go to ritualzeroproof.com and use promo code no meat athlete. For 20% off your first purchase, that's Ritual Zero Proof. Enjoy the ritual without the alcohol. You know, you mentioned uh, that athletes are enjoying Ritual Zero Proof, like you and I. Uh, mm-hmm. But apparently we need to add in a comment about pregnant and nursing mothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they actually they, they, they have, I think pregnancy is like one of their uh, markets that they, they advertise to. And, uh, I mean, I'm it makes sure. sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyway. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's uh, let's go back to a question. This one comes from Nicole, and says, "Hey guys, love the podcast, but I need some advice. I just moved to LA this summer 
for grad school, and I was never a runner before that. I ran maybe two miles and would stop. But some classmates talked me into running my first half marathon. Congratulations, Nicole. Uh, We had the race last weekend, and I finished in two hours and 42 minutes and have been beating myself up uh, ever since. It was a difficult course, but I still feel a bit defeated uh, and can't can't stop comparing myself to others. All my friends who did it, I've just signed up for a full marathon, which I'd love to do, but I'm afraid I'll get too much in my head. And I've, I've signed up for another half, but I'm still a bit worried. Any advice? So I think... The question here is really like, how do you process a race not going maybe as well as you thought it would be going? Um, which is a very, very common issue for runners or any sort of athlete to have, right? Is uh, you have this vision of maybe finishing in a certain time, right, going a certain way, and then, you know, maybe it doesn't quite pan out the, the way you ex- you were expecting. Uh, maybe and you end up in the hospital. Maybe you end up in the, hop- up in the hospital like you have. If you, if you haven't listened to that story, that's a good one. We have a whole podcast about it. From a, I won't few. retell it. <laughs> um, you know, it, so I feel you, Nicole. I have totally been there countless times. But first of all, congratulations on doing that race. That is, that is awesome. That is amazing. You went from, and just think about it, you went from never being a runner to all of a sudden being a half marathoner. And that is something to be so entirely proud of. And that first race, that first half marathon experience is guaranteed to have some setbacks. I mean, if it was a perfect race experience, then, um, you know, then chances are you, you probably didn't run it fast enough. <laughs> you know, it just, uh, then, then not very likely to happen. So don't beat yourself up about the time. You can go back out there like you're doing, which I, which I love and, and try again. Um, and you'll, you'll get faster. My first marathon, um, was about an hour and a half slower than I thought it was going to be. Um, and then my next one, you know, I made up about an hour that time. Uh, it still wasn't where I thought I was going to be ahead of the first one, but you know, I began to kind of pull that together, uh, pull things together and and learn from that first experience. So you're going to learn from that first half marathon. You'll get faster on the second one. And if you decide to go out and run a marathon, then I think that's awesome. Don't get too much in your head. Just trust your training, trust the process, uh, and trust the fact that, you know, things are oftentimes going to not go as planned and they're just a learning experience to prepare you for the next one. Yeah. Add I to think that? You, no. Uh, like I said, I think be grateful for the journey and uh, be proud of yourself for taking that step and, and be thankful you didn't, you know, break something and wind up in the hospital, uh, yeah. <laughs> which I understand is maybe less likely when running. I was on a bike uh, just, just, just for, for clarification in case anyone <laughs> thought like I, I tripped and like, you know, uh, um, I guess that does happen. So, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, celebrate, celebrate the small wins. It's all about progress. Yeah. All right. Here's one from Harrison. Um, how do you maintain a vegan lifestyle while going to college? Oof. Depends on where you go to college. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college in Texas and, uh, I was a vegetarian um, I, uh, I became vegetarian when I was, uh, a teenager, actually. Um, my family, uh, lost an uncle to cancer and as part of his battle, uh, we were all exposed to sort of raw veganism as a part of, of cancer treatment. Um, and the lessons, like literally watching forks over knives when I was like, you know, 17, 18 years old. Um, uh, right. What was the other? No, there's another documentary, but anyway, um, I'm blanking yeah, on that young. 
Yeah, I'm blanking when, on the name. Um, but, you know, the Gerson Institute, I remember. I can picture it still, but I don't remember what the documentary was. Um, but uh, anyway, um, uh, yeah, I, I just, I always remember going to these barbecues in Texas. And, uh, like, I would just, I would eat the bun without the meat, you know, <laughs> and, and just, like, and at the end of the day, like, most people are drunk in college anyway, so, like, they don't really pay attention um but but, you know i was definitely the weird kid with almond milk you know and uh and and just didn't like you know didn't eat what other people ate and i just kind of lived with it i don't have really good advice you know i guess i've just always been someone who doesn't really care what other people think um i know that's not easier you know it's easier said than done um what about you doug any any thoughts i guess my my only advice is like you know just try to hide it, go with the flow, you know, show people that it's not that big a deal. You're going to eat what you're going to eat and they're going to eat what they're going to eat and you guys can still be friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I think that, I don't know, it is tough and, and I wasn't vegan or vegetarian when, when I was in college, so it's hard to say for certain, but I imagine that probably college campuses are much more vegan friendly than they used to be. Um, so that's probably a huge win. I guess it depends on where you're going. But, um, you know, if you're a freshman, you're probably going to eat most of your meals in the in the cafeteria. So, you know, learning what is vegan on the salad bar, what's vegan on the different meals, how, you know, if they have veggie burgers or other things, um, you know, and then having a bunch of snacks in your, in your room, uh, nuts and seeds and almond milk and granola and bars and you know anything else lots of fruit and you know, all those kinds of things to kind of tide you over between meals if uh if some of the snacks that maybe your friends are eating are are not vegan but i you know i don't know i mean it's probably hard i i think you're right matt that you know just kind of letting go of of judgment from your classmates um and just embracing the fact that you eat a little bit different but that there's probably a lot of vegans at your campus and you know, if you found some of them and became friends with them, that might make you feel a little bit better. Um, and, you know, and if, if your school is not very vegan friendly, if the cafeteria is not very vegan friendly, then um, I would I would imagine that if you, you know, if you got a bunch of people together and kind of a bunch of other vegans together and began kind of rallying around uh, diversifying the, the menu in the cafeteria or on the campus options, um, that you might be able to see some real changes there. I mean, a lot of, I know that there was a ton of activism around certain issues on my campus and, and they were able to really see, really see changes. So good work. That's a great advice. There's undoubtedly some vegans on your campus. So just go hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> makes it, makes it easier, right? Yeah, totally. All right. All right should, should we, we do one more? one more? Yeah, let's do it. How about, uh, uh, how about one from Jennifer, who has been vegetarian for many years and over the uh, past couple of years has tried to go completely vegan, um, but she runs into uh, some challenges um, and doesn't quite make the full, uh, the full transition. Um, do we have any, any advice for going from vegetarian to vegan? I guess we kind of already covered that at the start. Maybe... Uh, but it sounds like they've already made that that uh, that first step. Do you have any thoughts to help complete uh, to complete the, the, the journey? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would I would you know I would say start start pretty small. Take some small steps. If you're already vegetarian, then that means you've 
you've done um, a lot of the more difficult work, at least for me, which was cutting out uh, some meat. Um, although I guess a lot of people have trouble with cheese and eggs. So that's kind of the one that people complain about a bunch. Um, so, you know, I, w- I would just start kind of small and see if you can, um, you know, be vegan before noon or something like that. You know, make sure your breakfasts are vegan. See what you can do to eliminate some of the non-vegan foods that you're having early in the morning and then just kind of begin to transition that over time. Um, when I went vegan from vegetarian, I did uh, vegan at home, at home vegan, um, which meant it kind of freed me up to uh, not have to worry about restaurants and going out with friends and things like that. Um, but I, I just made sure that everything in my house and everything I was eating at home was vegan. And what I found was that after a month or so of doing that, then I just kind of naturally transitioned to ordering vegan options at restaurants and elsewhere and kind of naturally transitioned to being a vegan. So like, but, but kind of having that parameter and taking that step to do it at home um, didn't seem nearly as big of a leap as just going all in vegan um, and kind of gave me some, some free web, freedom and leeway uh, that, that I needed at the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, take, start I, small I, is, is kind of my, my advice. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It's uh, I was going to say create some sort of attainable goal, you know, whether it's like just a single food item, like you you just, you know, you, you really love ice cream and that's your pitfall, you know, like just tell yourself you're, you're going to eat all the ice cream you want, but it's going to be a vegan kind because there's awesome vegan ice creams out there today. Or like you just said, you know, you're going to be vegan until dinner and then at dinner, you know, you're going to forgive yourself if you if you haven't made it, uh, you know, all the way through the day. But, you know, you had a vegetarian Come back to dinner. the mic, Matt. Oh, sorry. I forget. I'm wearing <laughs> headphones and, you know, I'm so used to pacing. Sorry, audience. <laughs> um, so, so uh, th- thanks, Doug. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, also, like you said, vegan until dinner and then, you know, give yourself some some self-love uh for dinner if you if you eat vegetarian um or like you did uh you know just just keep it at home but some sort of boundary some sort of goal that you can hit every day to get some momentum feels like a a great way Mm. to start yeah cool well i think that's a good one to end on we have a bunch more questions um and it's been a while since we've done a q a like this so maybe Matt Fraser and I, or Julia, or, you know, maybe we'll, we'll tackle some more Q and A's in the future, uh, in the near future, but thanks. Thanks for doing this. And thanks everybody for submitting questions. You can always do that. Just email us support at nomadathlete.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or wherever. Um, and we'll keep an eye out for that. So thanks everybody for listening and thanks Matt for, for having this combo. Thank you.